0: Welcome to the Sermon of the Week. Before you begin listening, let me pray that you would encounter God right where you are. Father, I ask that your Spirit would be present wherever people are listening. May they be aware of your presence and receptive to the voice of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you listen to this week's message.
1: That we call sin and shame. They were like prisons that we couldn't escape. But he came and he died and he rose. Those walls are rubble now. Remember those giants we call death and grave. They were like mountains. That stood in our way, but you came and he died, and he rose. Those giants are dead now. This is Zaga. This is Zaga. Who pulled me out of that pit He did, He did Who paid for all of our sin Nobody but Jesus Who rescued me from that grave Yahweh
0: have been in a series called Rooted, Rooted, because I believe and we believe that 2024 is a year that God wants to take our lives and plants us and root us, root us into the fertile ground of what God has for all of us. Now, if I ask you this question, when you think of trees, and roots. What's the first thing that comes to mind? I think probably some of us, I've asked that question to a couple of people there, and the common thing that comes out is that, oh, I think of fruit. Trees bear fruit, right? So today, we're going to be talking about bearing fruit, because talking about rooted, talking about trees, and talking about what God wants to do in all of us will be probably in part true, unless we understand and focus on the fact that God is calling all of us to bear fruit. Now, in the natural world, a healthy tree will produce fruit, and that fruit results from several conditions that cause that tree to be healthy and to produce now, we talked about in, in part one of our series that we talked about the water of, and, uh, of the Word and the Spirit of God that is so greatly needed for us to take the nutrients from the ground in order to be able to grow and for the, from the roots to go for us to be planted down. I remember when we moved to uh, Montreal in 1990, uh, we went there for ministry. There was a church uh, that we joined uh, on the ministry team, and, um, and we rented uh, this, this house from a, a family in our church, and a uh, beautiful home, and um, to our amazement, um, we got there, I think it was a month of, am trying to remember, maybe April, May, something like that, um, and, um, and they had two beautiful trees in their backyard. Remember those? They were plum trees, I mean, there's nothing better than when you're hungry for plums. You just go, juicy, so sweet, purple, delicious plums. Those plums were the result of the man who had taken care of those trees. He nurtured the trees. There was incredible soil in that place. You know, we actually went back was it in 2018 19 something like that and those two trees are not there but somehow that backyard it's like it's 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 a haven of fruits and vegetables i I don't know what he does but it's like he has got stuff everywhere zucchini and squash and uh, you know salad and and all of the good stuff right uh it's just a haven for it and i think that the result came from the fact that he took care of that ground. He fertilized the ground. He nurtured the ground. He got rid of the weeds and all those things that you do in order to have actual fruit. Now, in the New Testament, the word for fruit is the word carpos. Carpos. Look at the person next to you and say, you need to have some carpos in your life. Go ahead and tell them. They probably think that you're weird, but it's okay. Okay. It's Greek for fruit. Now, here's what that word karpos means. It can mean both fruit from a vine or fruit from a tree. But more than that, in a figurative way, it means everything that we do in partnership with Christ. And so I put a definition of what I think fruit is in the context of biblical understanding of what fruit is. Fruit is the outward actions of the believer that are the direct result of the condition of his or her heart. In other words, the fruit that you will bear, the fruit that I bear will be a result of the internal workings, right? Those actions that we take as believers that make us grow, those things that we do will allow fruit to come to surface. Now, when you strip it all down Christianity at its lowest denominator, it has everything to do with the expression of a heart that is fully committed to Jesus. Would you agree with that? If we are fully committed to to Jesus, our hearts need to express that commitment in various ways. For example, if you tell me that you love the Word of God, what do you do? You read the Word of God. If you tell me that you love to worship, what do you do? You worship, right? You're one of those guys that at the beginning of the service, you know, is just there walking around believing God. And then when worship happens, you know, you come and like Ty does sometimes, he comes and he kneels down in, at the altar because he, his heart is for worship. It's for worship. If you tell me I love the lost, what do you do? You go and share the gospel with people that need to know about Jesus. If you tell me that you love giving, you give. You give of your time. You give of your talents. You give, like, can't quote sharing with us, of your finances. Because in God's economy, giving is never a loss. Giving is always on the plus column. Did I do that right? Jake, good? I got a thumbs up. Okay, great. And we're always on the plus column, right? And so, I, you know, I would say, don't tell me that you love God's word and don't read it. Don't tell me that you love worship and don't worship. Don't tell me that you do all of these things for God but never do them because the life of a believer, that definition is evidenced by what we do for him the fruit comes as a result of what we believe in what we share and what we invest in in other words we act on it we act on it the good old uh, Nike commercial just do it you know we just we get all hung up over this stuff when it comes to Christianity but God Is calling us. He is stirring us up so that we can just do it. Now, in John chapter 15 and verse 16, that's going to be our text for today. So open up your Bibles to John 15 and verse 16, and we're going to read that together. John 15, 16. If you got it, just say, I got it. If you don't got it, you say, I'm looking it up on the screen. like most of us do. And that's okay. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I mean, I could honestly just stop right there. The fact that God chose you. You. That you don't feel that I'm not enough since. Hank was... Sharing that earlier this morning. You don't feel like taking communion because you're not enough. You're not committed enough. You're not loving Jesus enough. There's never enough. There's never enough. Because if you could do enough, then Jesus' sacrifice would not be worth what he did. We receive, we do, we are engaged, but none of those become the enough that satisfies God. God's satisfaction was already accomplished at the cross. Now we just receive it. So you need to receive that you are enough and that he chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Now, let me say this on the onset that we're not going to talk about, uh, and I'm not going to touch the concept of eternal salvation versus free will here. I'm not going into that topic. Uh, Whatever you believe, I just believe what the Bible says, and I believe that in this context of scripture what this selection this choice this appointment has more to do with the fact that he is calling us to bear fruit he's appointed us to bear fruit he has given us the opportunity to bear fruit for him so don't get hung up on the theology of he chose me so what's my role do i say yes Here, some of you guys are looking at me and saying, what in the world is he talking about? Uh, Go and attend, I don't know, uh, Pastor Jim's class on Prime. He'll tell you all about eternal selection. Um, But the production of spiritual fruit is a result of our connection to Jesus. That's, it, it all stems from that point. And so the very result of our connection with Jesus, as this verse tells us, right? And we understand that the Father, the heart of the Father, when we pray, when we pray, it says that in my name, the Father will give you what you ask for. What you ask for. Guys, he hears you. He hears me. When we pray, when we go to him, he actually hears us. Even in your frustration, God hears you. Even in your mad at him, he hears us all the time. You know, the challenge for us is that we sometimes pray prayers that uh, the Bible calls them amiss or for our own pleasure. James chapter four, verse three, talks about the fact that you pray, you don't receive because your prayers are, you're like missing the target. That's why it's so important to know the heart of God. We prayed about that this morning, that we would hear the voice of God, that we would understand that when God speaks, we obey, we act upon it. And so that very premise is so key so that when we pray our prayers to god he will hear us and the beauty of it and i'm going to read it again that we may bear fruit fruit that will last so that whatever you ask in my name the father will give you will give you. And so understanding that the Father's propensity is for us to receive what we pray for, we begin to ask for and pray for the very things that are close to the heart of God. And when you know the heart of God, your prayers will not be James 4, three prayers amiss, missing the target, The aim is off when we pray just for our own good. Oh, God, I want this. Oh, God, give me that. I've said this to you before, and I want to say it again. I believe that some of the prayers that we pray for that God has already actually blessed us with and given us have become more of a curse than a blessing. You say, what is that for? What are you talking about? Because sometimes we pray prayers that our character, our personality, and the things that God is doing in us will not be able to sustain. And so we pray, God, for great things. And God says, "Uh, are you sure you want this? Because that's going to cost you something. Oh, yeah, I want it, God. Oh, I want it. And then we get it, and it's like, oh, man, this is, like, really hard. (sighs) Wow. I didn't expect that when I got this job, I would travel, like, 90% of the times. I mean, it's great salary. It's great benefits, great everything. But... Oh, man, I, what am I going to do now? Watch your prayers. Because I have confidence that the Father will give you what you ask for in his name. Because he is a good God. And you say, well, wouldn't he withhold prayers? What, does he withhold any of our actions? Has he created robotic individuals? He has not. We have the free will of choice. And when we pray, God will bless us. So watch your prayers. Watch your prayers. Now, that was for free. That wasn't my message. I want to talk about fruit today. And so fruit, fruit is the blessing of being connected to the vine. Fruit. Is the blessing of being connected to the vine. Matthew chapter seven and verse sixteen and seventeen. We read this: by their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A bad tree bears bad fruit. Now, let me say this. Fruit is not optional. Every fruit-bearing tree will produce, at some point, some fruit. Now, it's in the DNA of the fruit, of the tree. It has to produce something. However, there is another truth. And the truth is that some trees do not produce any fruit. And we will look at that in a minute. They will not produce any fruit at all, and there's a reason for that. Now, spiritual fruit is the blessing of being connected to the vine. So let me share with you from the Word of God, what are some of those fruits that we receive that we should portray in our Christian walk with God, practically, right, fruit that we can see through the Word of God. I'm going to share seven of them, seven verses. Are you ready? Ephesians 5, verse 9. It says, For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Uh, goodness, righteousness, and truth. Now, friends, you go to the verse before. And the verse before says that we need to live as children of the light. What does that mean? It means that we display actions and activities and ways of the light. Who lives inside of us? Jesus does. Isn't he the light of the World Didn't he say, I am the light of the world. Therefore, because we have Jesus, we have God living inside of us, we should display with our lives God-like qualities that show evidence that we are children of the light. That is a fruit of being a son or a daughter of the light. Because he lives in us, we can display is life through our lives. Galatians chapter five, verses 22 and 23. I mean, everybody knows and understands this verse, right? But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. I love that word forbearance. I, I particularly chose uh, that particular word in the NIV because it's, you know, sometimes we need a little bit of forbearance I, there's another word that they said is long suffering or patience i you know can't remember who told me one time but it says you know what long suffering is i said mm, patience is that yeah it is but just long suffering is suffering long suffering long forbearance is learning to suffer through the process right Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things, there is no law. Now, um, you know, I know that we probably all thought of these as the fruit that we need in our lives, and we do. We do. Now, these are characteristics of having Jesus inside of us, the fruit of the Spirit inside of us, God living inside of us. But the truth is that there's another part of us that has also fruit And in that same chapter in prior verses, it talks about the fruit of the flesh. Ouch. Because fruit of the flesh is not good. Have you ever taken a bite to a fruit that looked good on the outside, but not so good on the inside? You did not expect that. And all of a sudden you're biting into it and it's like brown. Like, what did that come from? That apple looks so red. You know, that banana looks so yellow, but it's got all of these spots inside. Like, how does that happen? It's because the fruit, the fruit was tainted. In a similar fashion, the flesh produces fruit. And sometimes take, people take bites out of our lives. And they are like, wow, I didn't expect some of that. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? You see, we choose daily, friends, whether we operate in the spirit or we operate in the flesh. Now, I'm standing here and I'm telling you and I'm speaking to you, but I want you to know that I struggle with the same we all struggle to make sure that we keep the flesh down and the spirit comes to surface and how many times has the opposite happened so often we allow the flesh to come to surface and the spirit is trying to say i'm here god is saying i'm here i'm hello anybody home we make those choices daily. Have you ever taken again a bite to that rotten apple? How did you feel when that happened? That fruit was tainted. It was not good. That wasn't just sugar accumulated. You know, some people will tell you, well, there's just extra sugar in that apple. I don't know about that. I don't know. Let's call it rotten apple to me if you ask me. A tree connected to Jesus displays sweetness. And it's a sweet tasting. So when people take a bite to the apples of our lives, they taste the sweetness and they see the sweetness in Jesus. Next fruit, Matthew chapter 3, verse 8. It says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. You know, when I think of repentance, I think of confession, I think of humility, I think of honesty before God. And I'm telling you right now, without those three components that I just mentioned, confession, humility, honesty, God cannot really penetrate deep into our hearts. It will be surface. Sometimes we need to just take off the mask, or we need to just Uncover ourselves. There was a book, great book written years ago. It's called Naked Not Ashamed. And I, I believe, I truly believe that before God, we need to go to him naked and not ashamed and not allow the condemnation and the voices that the enemy puts in our ears. You know, sometimes we do altar calls and we say, oh, well, oh, oh my gosh, who's going to see me as I walk up? I don't see anybody yet. Am I going to be the first person to walk up? That's going to be weird. No, it's not. Listen to the voice of God. Obey His voice. Repentance, confession, humility before God. John chapter 15, verse 16, we read that as our text. That God is a fruit of abiding in Jesus. I believe is a desire for prayer. A desire that when God sees our desire that we have for him to pray in his name, he will give us the desires of our heart. That is fruit. That comes out. In John 15, in verse 5, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Now, check these words. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. I looked that up in the Greek. The word for nothing is nothing. Nothing not a thing that means that we need to have utter and total dependence on the lord that we don't try to do life on our own merits and our own strength and our own abilities look i know you are talented i know you are well studied and read and 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 in your you have so much going for you but i want you to know that that's not enough with god Our dependence on Him truly guarantees our success when we trust in Him and not in our own abilities. Ah, Jesus, help us to trust in You. James chapter 3, verse 18 says, Peacemakers who who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. When we sow peace, Righteousness or right standing with people is the result. Now, have you ever noticed people who sow conflict and discord? They are contentious. They're cranky. They're hard to get along with. Is it any wonder that in Proverbs chapter 6, And verses 16 to 19, God gives us a a list of things that, he says, there are seven things, six things that I hate, and seven that are detestable. You say, God hates? He does, actually. In fact, this, I did look up, so I wanted to see, what does that word hate mean as far as it pertains to God. God hates means that the things, the six things that he mentions, including the very thing of sowing discord among the brothers. I love that. There's a, <clears throat> there's a version uh, that says sowing discord in the community, right? It actually becomes his foe or his enemy. When God says, I hate, that means that it's like, this is my enemy. This is my foe. All of these things, and discord is one of them. Now, we must be careful, friends, that we don't fall into the temptation of discord. We don't fall into the temptation of being the kind of people that will sow. Sometimes the way we sow things even is in the form of questions. Well, hey, what do you think of this topic? Are you really interested in understanding what the person in front of you thinks about the topic? Or are you saying it just to stir up contention, dissension, division? There's some hard truth in there. But we all need to be mindful that the enemy is also very alert and awake. And he knows how to... Get us to fall into the traps and the snares that he's created before God. There's one more that I want to share with you. Number seven. And it's Proverbs 18, 21. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Everything that we say, when we pray, we are sowing the fruit of our prayers. When we criticize, when we complain, when we do all of the other things, we're sowing before God fruit that brings what? Does it bring life? Does it edify? Does it bless anybody? It does not. It brings death. And I know you're saying, wow, these are like harsh realities. They are, friends, but there's some good news. There's some good news we're going to talk about the good news right now Because so i don't want you to think that oh man he's like this is just a bad message today it's all bad i'm just bad there are seven things that i just i i i got detestable before god no you're not we're all on a journey to grow in the lord and so these truths should encourage us to stay away from the things that god says stay away from and then go towards the things that god says hey Come toward me. These are the things that you need to do. And so the tongue can be used to bring life and blessings. The, the very things that we talked about, about being peacemaker. We can be a peacemaker, not one that sows ascension. We can uh, trust in the Lord so that we can do all things instead of nothing. You follow what I'm saying? There's so many great things in God. And so fruit is the... um. Uh, the price of being connected, or the the result of being connected to the vine, but there's another thing I want to talk to you about, is that tree that bears no fruit, that is barren. Barrenness or being barren is the price of not being connected to the vine. In Mark chapter 11 and verse 13 is the account of Jesus uh, that spoke to the and cursed the fig tree and we know that the tree did not have figs because the verse tells us because it was not the season for figs it wasn't the season it wasn't the right time for that tree to bear fruit now the question then should follow why in the world did jesus curse this tree why I asked myself the question all week long. I'm like, Jesus, why is it? Well, the answer is in that verse. Let's look at what it says before. It says, seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf. Those two words are very, very important. A fig tree in leaf. He went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found Nothing but leaves. Now it's important that the word leaf or leaves is mentioned twice. It's not coincidental. It's not. Because it would be easier to say when he reached it, he found no fruit. Wouldn't that make more sense? He went there to see, is there any fruit? Oh, he found no fruit. He went on. No, he said that he found nothing but leaves. Leaves. Now, green leaves on a tree. Are a type of of an advertisement, if you will, from a distance, that there is life in that tree, that there could be fruit on that tree. And so you would never go to a tree that is just sticks and dry and say, Well, let me see if there's any fruit there. You wouldn't do that. But you would, if you see a fig tree at a distance, Well, let me go see if there's any fruit there. It only makes sense because the leaves are green. Now, Are you with me? Yeah. Okay. Here's a little bit of a devastating truth and reality from this verse. Green leaves, in a way, are what we would call, and I want to prove that to you biblically, a spirit of religiosity. Ouch. There's good news. Don't hang in there. I know they... (sighs) A tree that looks good on the outside, healthy from a distance, leaves that are just like bustling with life. The tree looks good on the outside, healthy. But when you approach it, it has no food or it is barren. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, Paul says that there are people that have an appearance of godliness, but deny the power. And then it says something that's really harsh, but it's so true. Avoid these people. Why is that? Because there's no fruit. If you're hungry, you eat from where there is food. Food. You don't go to a tree with no leaves and just dry branches to pick fruit. That calls for us to really take a look at our lives, analyze where we're at, and to see who are my connections, who are the people in my life that I am eating from. Mm. Having the form, the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Green leaves on a tree speak of great appearance. Looks good on the, on the outside. I mean, great tree, but no fruit, no fruit. Friends, pretense is the counterfeit of bearing fruit. I want to say that again, pretense is the counterfeit of bearing fruit. You say, what are you talking about? Well, you, you probably have the lingo down, you know, you got all of the words, all the Christian practices, all of the routines down, but there is no fruit. You're not producing fruit for the glory of God. Lord, help us to see the reality that he is looking for more than just routine and outside and external appearances. He is looking for fruit from all of us. You say, what fruit are you talking about? I just mentioned seven. We can put back the scripture and take a picture of them and then look them up for your own life, and pray into those and say, God, where do I need to have goodness and righteousness and truth? Where do I need to speak and to to be led by the Spirit in joy, love, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, gentleness, and self-control? Where do I need to have more repentance in my life? And so on and so forth. Don't let that pass by. Because God is speaking to all of us today. And I want you to know that God spoke to my life as I was preparing for this. Because I want to be the kind of of a man that just produces good fruit and not just talks about it. Because we can all talk about it. You know what? If I gave you a an outline, you could probably be out here today. And just share the same words that I'm sharing with you right now. But the outline and the text and the verses are just a form of pretension. Pretence is the counterfeit of bearing fruit. We got to have more than just the words for it. Our lives have to display. Can we put that definition of fruit again up, if you don't mind? The one at the very beginning. That defines the definition of food. Thank you so much. The outward action of the believer that are the direct result of the condition of his or her heart. That's what I want for me. Do I nail that every time? I don't. I don't. Do you nail that every time? You probably don't either. But we need God in our lives. We need him. You see, friends, lack of production oftentimes starts when we become disconnected from the source. When we become disconnected, that's when we stop producing. That's when we stop the production. That's when we just look good on the outside, but no fruit. We're spiritually barren. In John 15, Jesus says that the Father is a vine dresser and he says that he prunes those branches that do not bear fruit god's purpose for pruning us is not to harm us it's not to make us feel the pain of being disconnected no it's the opposite god's purpose is so that he can make us fruitful God may take some things away from you. He may ask you to eliminate things out of your life. He's not doing it because he's a mean God. He's doing it because he wants you to be more fruitful for him. That is the power of what we read in John 15 of remaining in him. If we remain in him, we will produce fruit. Remain in me, John 15, 14, and 5. As I also remain in you, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I don't know about you, but I hear the heart of the Father through this verse. I hear the heart of a gentle God that is calling us and saying, just come closer to me. Spend time with me. Talk to me. Make it a point in your life. I know you have distractions. We all do. I know that life can be disappointing. We all have disappointments in life. I appreciated Joe sharing this morning some of the hard times that that he experienced this week. Because of loss. We all go through those circumstances in our lives. But God is calling us. Listen to what Jeremiah in chapter 17, 7 and 8 says. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Oh, that's the good news, guys. We're blessed. If we trust in him, whose confidence is in him. They will be like, oh, I love this. I want you to, if you can, close your eyes for a moment. Let me read this to you and visualize it if you can. They would be like a tree planted by the water. Just picture yourself as a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. Oh, those roots are just like nurtured by the stream, of the presence and the Holy Spirit of God nurtured. You're being nurtured by that water source. It does not fear when the heat comes. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. Oh, there's no fear. Fear. There's no shame, no condemnation, no circumstances you can ever face that will not, (laughs) that will knock you off of the purposes of God because you're planted by a river. Oh, man, it has no worries. In a year of drought, it never fails to bear fruit. But we got to keep close to that water source. We have to keep close to the water. Even when there's dryness, even when circumstances are hard, even when you're going through drought, the Holy Spirit wants to feed you directly. That means you're never alone. And you're never not satisfied because the water of his presence is reaching your heart. You know, friends, in a way, when we bear fruit, it's a a loss of control to some degree. You say, what do you mean by that? Because when we bear fruit, everybody will be able to see the kind of fruit that we're bearing if we bear fruit that is in keeping with God's word and what he says that we should do, man, that fruit is beautiful. Those seven things that I mentioned and probably others in the word, right? But if we bear fruit that shows evidence of self-dependence and a lot of self-stuff, then everybody sees that. So fruit can be a risky business. But I want my fruit to be evidence of Jesus inside of me. Guys, I don't know how else to say this other than to say this, that we are living in the last days before the return of Jesus. And we have got to make a commitment. I pray that... This word stirs your heart today. It doesn't bring you down. It doesn't make you feel like you're not good enough. But it stirs you up to say, I need more of God in my life. You need more of God in your life. You know, your business is going great, but that's not enough. Your family is doing fantastic. That's not enough. Your relationship's outside of a God relationship may be fantastic, but that's not all. Make sure that you are like that tree that's planted by the river, that the roots feed right into the waters of the presence of God. Let that be your goal this year. We're still in the first month of the year, so I can still say it, make that your goal. Make it your determination to spend more time with Jesus. In Leviticus chapter 26 and verses 3 and 4, now close with this verse, it says, If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will send you rain in its season. And the ground will yield its crop and the trees their fruit. Friends, I want that rain of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want God to pour the rain of his presence in my life. I don't know about you. I don't know where you're at in your life. But here's the truth. Whatever you're at in your life, if the priority is not for you to get more of the water of the Holy Spirit in your life, you need to rearrange your priorities. Right now, today, this very moment, change it up. Change it up. Ask him, God, give me more thirst, more desire, more hunger for your presence, because we cannot live without him. We can't live without him. I want to call the ministry team to come up. And I want us to, to take a moment today. Look, I know that you're thinking it's past 1130. Hey, you know what? That's fine. That's fine. Hang in there. Hang in there. And trust Jesus this morning. And renew your commitment in His presence. Renew your commitment in His presence. The reason why we have ministry teams is because we believe that God can transform lives. And I want you, if you're struggling in any area and you want more of God, I want you to be bold this morning and say, you know what? I need more and I don't care what anybody says and anybody thinks. And you're going to get up and come and agree with these brothers and sisters that God will just penetrate deep inside the root system of your heart and give you the life that you need. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our Sermon of the Week. If you live in the Charlotte area, we encourage you to worship with us on Sundays at 10 a.m. We encourage you also to give to this ministry so we can continue spreading the gospel to our city and throughout the world. You can go to our website at missioncommunity.cc, click on the Give button, and the rest is simple. Have a great rest of your week. God bless.